It was amazing listening to Greg speak this morning because I was thinking about, um, you know, we've got our staff retreat tomorrow and there was this, this little cable that I needed. This just is like this big. And so I ordered it on Amazon and got next day shipping and it came like 15 hours later <laughs> just for a cable that I needed. And then thinking about the, just the unbelievable journey that that food takes to get to people who would otherwise starve without it. It's, it's just mind-blowing, uh, the world that we live in and the way that God has um, created space here as a church for us to be able to give what we have been given, which has, is so much. And so I'm thankful for that opportunity. Have you ever changed anybody's life for the, for the better? I don't need to know the opposite. <laughs> Well, maybe I, we can talk about that later. Well, I've got office hours, but have you ever changed anybody's life for the better? Have you ever had anybody come up to you and tell you that, that you changed their life? Have you ever thought about that before? Is that something that you, you strive for in this life? Is it a life goal of yours? Or is it something that maybe has never really ever crossed your mind before? This past Thursday, I had the chance to go back to my old high school that I graduated from because a good friend of mine was being inducted into the school's Hall of Honor, which I didn't even know was a thing. Now, in my opinion, there was no one who was more deserving of the Batavia School's Hall of Honor than my friend Julie. She's a third-generation Batavia graduate. She was involved in absolutely everything under the sun when she was in high school. And then after she graduated from high school, she turned around and taught at Batavia High School for 33 years. She coached there for over a decade. She initiated all kinds of uh, Spanish programs for the entire district. She led over 20 student trips to Spanish-speaking countries over the years. She's a lifelong Batavian who has poured everything she has into Batavia schools, and she was a favorite teacher for all of her 33 years there. There were other people who were inducted into the Hall of Honor that night as well, and they, they produced a little video that kind of detailed everybody's life story. One of them was, who graduated a year before me was a nationwide known pediatric neurosurgeon. You look at that and you're like, what have I done with my life? One of them had the, the foresight to know how Batavia was potentially going to grow, and so she was responsible for the location of the current Batavia High School, which is now kind of the center of town. One of them created an entire arts program that has inspired a whole new generation of artists in Batavia. Each of them have impacted and changed lives in their own way. And you can't help but reflect on your own life and your own story when you're listening to story after story like that. But the reality is it doesn't take a famous pediatric neurosurgeon to change people's lives for the better. Listen to the story. There was a woman named Latanya Young who was a 44-year-old single mother of three. She had hoped initially to be the first person in her family to graduate college but an unplanned pregnancy at 16 derailed that dream. She dropped out of high school. She was eventually able to get her GED, and her desire to go to college over the years never waned, but she, she said it was like I was stuck inside a box that I just could not get out of. I was trying to do whatever I had to do to take care of my kids. And she talked about how every time she would build up enough money to maybe start school, something new would happen that was more pressing. 
her kids would need something or there was a medical issue or a car accident. And she said, so I put my education on hold to take care of my family. Well, one of her jobs as a 44-year-old single mother of three was as an Uber driver. And one night in Atlanta, she pulled up to, uh, to somebody, to the Atlanta United soccer game, and a man named Kevin Esch got into her car. Now, Kevin was nobody famous. He was just a guy a year older than LaTanya. And the two of them began to chat. And Kevin said the conversation immediately felt really easy, really natural, really authentic. He had talked to her a little bit about his recent divorce, and she was also divorced, and so she gave him some advice on what she had been through. And then during that ride, Kevin learned that the reason that LaTanya was out so late that night was because she needed money to pay a utility bill. And he also learned of her dreams of going to college. She said that she had tried again. She enrolled back in 2010, thinking she could finally do it, but she had to drop out a year later because she couldn't continue paying the tuition. When they got to Kevin's destination, he tipped her $150, which was enough to cover her utility bill. But he also gave her his phone number. And he said, she promised me that she would go back to school. And I asked her to keep me informed all throughout the enrollment process. He said it was the start of an unexpected friendship. Latanya said, I had my mind made up. I was going to go back to school. Kevin motivated me. But a few weeks later, when Latanya tried to re-enroll at Georgia State, she was told that she couldn't register until she had paid off her balance from her previous attendance 10 years earlier. And she had to pay that in full. It was $693, which she could not afford. And so, as promised, the next time she talked to Kevin to update him on her enrollment progress, she said, you know, I tried, I was ready, I was excited, but I I just can't do it at this time because I can't pay that off. Well, without her knowing it, Kevin went to the school and paid that debt off. And he said, I I just didn't want it to be a roadblock for her because it was something that I could do. It was something that I could change. He said, I was in a place to be able to do the right thing. And that was the right thing to do. And so LaTanya vowed to pay Kevin back. And Kevin said, pay me back by graduating. And so she re-enrolled in courses. And in December of 2019, she received her associate's degree in criminal justice from Georgia State's Perimeter College, and Kevin was there on her graduation day. But LaTanya wasn't done yet. She went on to continue her studies, working two jobs, raising three kids. She was offered a scholarship that would help fund low-income women over 35. And just this year, May 6th, LaTanya graduated with her bachelor's degree in criminal justice from Georgia Georgia State University with a 3.5 GPA, and Kevin, once again, in the stands, cheering her on. Kevin said it was just pure pride. I'm proud that she followed through with what she said she wanted to do for herself. He said she's an inspiration to me and to so many people who are in the same position as her. LaTanya called that day a double graduation for her because that was also the same time that she secured an apartment for her family and left public housing for the first time in over a decade. She now has a full-time job in criminal justice and just finished writing a book called From Broken to Blessed, which was about an Uber ride that changed her life. She said, I don't know what situation I would have been in if I hadn't met Kevin. I hope his kindness inspires other people to help someone. I hope his kindness inspires other people. 
Are you a kind person? This week we're finishing up a series that we've called Fall Lineup where we've had the chance to talk about some things that maybe we want to work on during this new season of life or at the very least something that is seriously lacking in the world these days. And so the first week we had the chance to talk about integrity. Last week we had the chance to talk about perseverance. This week I think kind of feels a little bit like a lesson. Do you remember that really old book, All I Really Need to Know I Learned in Kindergarten? And maybe that's true, maybe it is just like that, but this week as we close the series, we're gonna be talking about kindness. Now, it, it doesn't get any more basic than kindness, right? The quality of being friendly, generous, considerate. Kindness is something that we are hopefully taught so early on in life that we don't even really remember being taught it. And yet, can you think of anything that has gone out the window more in the past couple of years than kindness has? Listen to these very real news headlines from just this year. Woman slapped hostess after being asked to wear a mask. New Jersey waitress assaulted after trying to stop a group from dine and dashing. A Southwest passenger filmed punching flight attendant. Anti-mask adults heckle student, student, at school board meeting while he was sharing about his grandmother's death from COVID. Man assaults nurse trying to administer vaccines. Passenger spits on flight attendant in violent outburst. One person stabbed as COVID anti-vaxxers and counter demonstrators clash in front of city hall. I mean, I don't care what side of anything you're on. <laughs> These headlines are insane. The fact that we're so divided as a nation right now is difficult enough to see. But that divisiveness paired with a lack of kindness is turning our world upside down. Things are just crazy. Did you know right now that some of the major airlines are talking about creating a separate no-fly list for unruly passengers? Which, to be clear, I would be all for. But the fact that there are so many unruly passengers that this is a thing... It's, like, it's mind-blowing. But I am admittedly painting a fairly bleak picture here. I know that. The worst thing that we could do is to leave here with all of our attention focused on the lack of kindness everywhere. The reality is there is beauty and goodness absolutely everywhere. And especially for those of us who are on this path trying to follow Jesus, not only is it damaging to our own selves and our story just to focus on the negative, but it also distracts us from living into the kindness and the way of kindness that God calls us to, that God intended for, for us, excuse me. And the kindness that God requires of us as Christ followers is actually even more challenging than maybe the kindness that we first learned about when we were in kindergarten. Kindness matters so much to God. Did you know that? That specific word, kindness, matters so much to God because kindness is one of God's own attributes, which we'll get back to in a minute. Have you ever thought about the amount of time and care and attention that you put into looking nice? The amount of time that you stand in front of the mirror with your makeup just right or your hair just right. For some of you, it's your wardrobe or your shoes or keeping up. I know. 
I didn't point you out. I wasn't going to. You laughed. All right, your shoes or the amount of time that you, uh, that you just spend kind of keeping up with fall trends or new trends. We spend so much time and we spend so much money trying to make sure that we look nice. And I was thinking, man, imagine if we spent like a fraction of that time thinking about being nice, <laughs> right? Imagine the amount of time, I mean, think about that as you get ready in the morning. Imagine if we spent that amount of time thinking about how we were intentionally going to be nice people that day instead of just how we were going to look nice. So I'll ask again, are you known as a kind person? Like if I were to go into your personal life today and take a poll of your coworkers or your neighbors or your family members or your friends, would they describe you as a kind person? Now, kindness isn't really something that we talk a whole lot about, probably because it's so elementary that we think we shouldn't have to. But there's a verse in 1 Corinthians 16, and it says, do everything in love. Do everything in love. Another translation of that says, everything you do must be done in love. Everything you do must be done in love. If you've been around the church for a long time, you remember that old song, they'll know we are Christians by our love. You remember that song? Well, kindness is love in action. Kindness is love lived out. And so kindness should be a defining characteristic of anybody who's trying to live this life with Jesus. And like many of the things that God calls us to, kindness has nothing to do with how we feel. It's not an emotion. Kindness is not a feeling. If we sat around waiting until we felt kind to be kind, Gosh, I'd hate to think about how, how long we'd be sitting here. <laughs> It'd be a long time for some of us. If we want to be kind people, we have to start acting like kind people. 20 years ago, I can't believe it was 20 years ago already, but there was a, a really popular movie that came out called Pay It Forward. Did any of you see that? Yeah, 20 years ago already. So in this movie, a teacher gave his students an assignment to think of something that would change the world and then put it into action. And the star of the movie is a little kid at the time. He thinks of this idea where he was gonna pick three people in his life and he was gonna do something for those three people that they couldn't do for themselves. And then he was gonna ask those three people to do the same thing for three other people. So then nine people get involved and then so on and so on and so on. Now, I don't think it's where we got the phrase, pay it forward, but it certainly highlighted that phrase in our everyday life. We still see that happen periodically. I don't know if you've ever been to like a Starbucks or a Dunkin' drive-thru and you get up to the window and they say, oh, the person behind you or the person in front of you paid for you. And then you're like, oh, all right, well, I'll pay for the person behind me then, right? And so on. There was a story that came out in 2014 in USA Today where they, it, was a, it was a Starbucks that had a pay-it-forward chain that went on for 11 straight hours. <laughs> 378 people. That's pretty cool. That's a pretty easy way to be kind, to buy a coffee for the person behind you. And, and truly, we never know how one little gesture like that will affect somebody's day or life. And so I do hope that we participate in little, little actions like that often. But really, that's not even the type of kindness that I'm talking about this morning. You see, the real reason that I love the story that I shared at the beginning about LaTanya and Kevin is because it wasn't just a gesture. 
It wasn't just a random act of kindness. It would have been a random act of kindness if Kevin had just tipped her the $150 for the utility bill and then went on his way and they never spoke again. That would have been a wonderful act of kindness and I'm sure she would have been incredibly grateful for that. But that's not all that it was. Because I believe that Kevin saw a deeper need there. Latanya didn't just need somebody to pay her utility bill, she needed someone in her corner. Someone who would encourage her to fulfill her dreams. Now, Kevin was not some kind of savior here and I don't want to promote him that way. He didn't pay for her entire college tuition. All he really gave her financially was the $150 tip, and then he paid off that $693 fine. And yes, that's a lot of money, that's generous and all, but the kindness really comes in the way that he treated her. He saw a deeper need. And in order for us to be kind in the way that God has called us to, we have to be willing to see each other in a way that is completely countercultural. Kindness starts with your eyes. You can't care for people unless you are aware of people. You have to be willing to look, to notice, and to really see people. There's a, a pretty famous passage of scripture that Greg used this morning that comes from the Gospel of Matthew chapter five. If you wanna follow along in your own Bibles, you can do that or the app on your phone, and then we'll also have it up here on the screen. In this story, Jesus is talking about the end times and, and eternity, and about who will spend eternity with Jesus. And he says this in Matthew chapter 25, starting at verse 34. Then the king will say to those on the right, come, you who are blessed by my father, Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. And I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And then Jesus, who's telling the story, goes on to say, then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And you read that and you think, well, gosh, if I'd known it was Jesus, if I'd known it was Jesus, I would have done that. Or, or in your own life, I would like to think if you had a really good friend that was in prison that we, you would go visit him, right? Or if somebody in your family needed something to drink that you would provide it, or if somebody in your family, your neighborhood maybe was hungry that you would get them something to eat. Jesus' point here is that if we truly want to live out the love of Jesus, if we truly want to live out love in action, we have to be willing to visit and feed and clothe and take care of the very last people on earth that we ever would ever want to have anything to do with, whoever that is for you. Now, in our culture, we typically don't see people's needs for two major reasons. One is because we tend to hide our hurts and our needs, and the other one is because we're way too busy. I read this week that hurry is the death of kindness. Hurry is the death of kindness. 
And this particular week when I read that, that felt like a punch to the gut because it was a busy week for me, or at least part of it was. And I, I was just telling somebody this morning, I had this one day that was wide open. I was in the office. I had no appointments. I had no meetings, nothing scheduled. I was just in my office all day. People could have stopped in all day long, and nobody did. And then the next day was just packed. I had meeting after meeting after meeting, and I kept getting phone calls and texts from people trying to see me, and I had to say no, and I felt awful. And I felt awful because hurry is the death of kindness. How can I possibly see people's needs when I don't even have time in between meetings to catch up on the texts and the phone calls that came in during the meeting before? Now, obviously, not all of my days are like that, and I certainly hope not all of your days are like that either. But if hurry is the death of kindness, it certainly explains a lot about the condition of our culture, doesn't it? But Jesus is calling us to much more than just to slow down. He's calling us to really see each other. He's calling us to see each other the way that he sees us. True biblical kindness means that we have to open our eyes enough to see every single person that we encounter as a son or daughter of God. Kindness calls us to act with love, not just toward the people we love, but toward the people we can't stand. Right? There's a verse in Luke that says, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. But love your enemies. Do good to them. And lend to them without expecting anything back. Then your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High. Because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. We actually talk about that a lot around here mainly because it's something that we as human beings or maybe even especially in the church seem to have a hard time with. Are you kind to all of the people with whom you disagree? Are you kind to the people who look differently than you? Are you kind to people who vote differently than you? And this one too, are you kind from moment one or are you only kind when the person you're interacting with is kind to you first? So what do we do? How do we do this? In a world where it's commonplace to disown your family members for voting differently than you, in a world where people are physically harming each other over a request to wear a mask, in a world where division is commonplace, And at a time in the world where people are particularly edgy and mean, how do we do it? How are we supposed to be kind? Listen to this passage from Titus. It says, but when the kindness and love of of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of mercy. It says he saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, so that having been justified by his grace, we might have become heirs having the hope of eternal life. In other words, this is a saving kind of kindness. God's is a merciful kind of kindness. It's a life-changing kindness. It's a generous kindness and it's an eternal kindness. The kindness of God never runs out. And so for those of us who have said yes to following Jesus, to those of us who are trying, no matter where you are in that journey, we know what it is 
to know that we need kindness. And we know what it is to know that every single solitary good thing that is in our life is by and through and because of Jesus. And I know that this is a strong way to put it, and I'm speaking to myself even as I say this, but if we have received that depth of kindness from Jesus, how dare we withhold it from other people? Right? For Jesus to treat me with a kindness that I did not deserve, only to have me turn around and yell at the short-staffed restaurant, or make a hand gesture at a guy who cut me off in traffic, or take a bad day out on a spouse or kids or friend, or say rude things on the internet to people who disagree with me, did Jesus treat us with kindness just to have us act the way that the rest of our culture acts these days? We have to do better. We as Jesus followers have to do better. There's a famous quote by an old Dalai Lama that I love so much. And he said, be kind whenever possible, period. It is always possible. And something about that quote always made me laugh. Like you start to read and you think, I'm going to get off the hook here. Be kind whenever possible. That's a little arbitrary, kind of at my own discretion. And then he hits you with, it's always possible. (laughs) Always. Be kind whenever possible. It's always possible. Always. Meaning when someone is yelling at you, you can be kind to them. When someone has cut you off in traffic, it's possible to be kind. When someone is making fun of you, it's possible to be kind. When you're confronted with somebody who has a completely different belief system than you, it's possible to be kind. When you're forced to be in a room with the one person on earth that you cannot stand, it's possible to be kind. When someone is shockingly unkind to you, it is possible to be kind. When you're in a hurry, well, then it's harder to be kind. So maybe check your schedule this week and see if you've created enough space to really see the people that God will put in your path this week. Because when you have received the undeserved kindness of God, kindness is always possible. Let's pray together. God, it's so funny. I know that this seems like such a silly topic. Like I said, it's something we learn about in kindergarten. It seems like the basics of humanity 101, how to treat each other. And yet, Lord, it seems like this is slipping through our hands. Every time you turn on the news, every time you go out in public, it seems like we have forgotten these basic elementary things on how to treat each other. And so, God, I pray this morning that you would remind us that kindness matters to you, that kindness is one of the attributes that you use to describe yourself, and that it is because of your kindness that you have saved us. It is because of your kindness that we have all these good gifts in our lives. And so, Lord, I really pray that you would convict me and that you would convict us this morning that if we have known and received your kindness, that we would never be stingy with it. That we would never withhold it from other people. Help us to lavishly pour out kindness the way that you have done that to us. For your love for us and for your kindness towards us, we give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen.